Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Just a reminder to subscribe. And for my friends listening on Spotify, there's going to be exclusive polls for the next couple episodes. I want to see what you guys think of these stories and really get your takes as well. And there's going to be some Q&As to see what guests you'd want to see. So be sure to head over to Spotify and look for those polls for this week's episode. Thank you. I like how like your research or whatever you have pulled up. It's just Reddit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, we don't we don't stray too far from the mothership. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We gotta gotta pull from Reddit. But yeah. I mean, I really I went off on all the subs. I don't usually go past uh, like three main subreddits. Okay. So for you guys, I pulled out all the stops. Oh, oh my gosh. All the stops. Honored. I'm excited. I am too. You're you look so cozy, man. I, I I don't get out of bed. Often, but when I do this, is like the next stop. It's <laughs> next right here. Step is another bed, but in a couch. Yeah. Well, and then I'm like, okay, this is a cult episode, and what better way to rep than my <laughs> Disney personal adult. favorite cult of Disney? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, it's got to, it's got to all connect today. Yeah. Absolutely. We we love a theme. So thank you for dressing yes. appropriately. We love yes. that. Yeah. I mean, we have an episode on the cult of Disney adults. So it's like, you know, one of our top episodes and we wore Mickey ears for it. Oh, okay. See, I should have picked that one when I was doing my research, but I listened to Peloton and Momfluencer. Oh, mm. Momfluencer is a big one too. Uh, we got stories on both today. Ooh. Oh, lit. So let's go ahead and get you guys introduced. Hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Two Hot Takes. I'm your host, Morgan. Today, I'm joined by Issa and Amanda of Sounds Like a Cult. Yeah, what's up? Join us. (laughs) I know. I was listening to, I'm like, God, people say I have a good podcast voice, but I'm like, you two. And one of you has the cutest little laugh. I don't know. Who is it? Is it Chip Monkey? It might be Amanda's. You, you just like, like fuck. <laughs> you just shut down. I saw it in your face. You're like, oh my God. I know. I like, well, I have so many laughs. Amanda has a lot of that laughs. That each means something different. Yeah. She's really good at fake laughing too, which mm. is like scary. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? That's, that's, sometimes women, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, that. did you, were you actually laughing at that? Or but you? then the frightening part is that I'm not sure. Yeah. She doesn't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You get a lot, a little bit lost in the sass. Yeah. <laughs> happens yeah. um well you guys are cult experts amanda you wrote like is, a fucking book on yeah. it amanda's a cult language expert true and i am like if amanda's a phd i am undergrad high school diploma Ooh, okay yeah. high school i think okay. I, actually i think i have like um I think I have a community college degree. And I was going to say, I was yeah. going to say at least sophomore year based on the episodes I listened to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, don't sell yourself short. No, you're there. right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. now that we've been like working together for like a year and a half, I'm like, I've learned from Amanda and, it, and I feel like it's like our listeners too, you know, they, Oh, for sure. I mean, our learned. whole 
you know, sort of crusade is to communicate that the word cult is so subjective and sensational and alarmist. It can mean almost anything depending on the context. So there are people who sort of tout themselves as these like academic sociologist cult experts. But like we're all experts in our own cult experiences. And Isa has a lot of those. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You must be the one that got sucked in a Peloton recently. Yes, I did. Because I've been considering. It's honestly amazing. Okay, and and every it's podcast that I, I mentioned Peloton in, I'm like, send me a bike. I am marketing <laughs> you so much. Please mm-hmm. send me a bike. But my gym has a bike. So that's why yeah. I go. And it's just like fun and easy. And it's like not that expensive. I mean, SoulCycle is so expensive. It's like 35 a class and you have to get the shoes. Like, Yeah. No, it, I do class pass. So you get to go to like a bunch of studios yeah. for one price. I'm like... That's all I can handle. And I still don't use my credits because I can't get out of the house. Yeah. Because you're so comfy. That's a very live your life thing to do <laughs> is to have a class pass and be, but well, I guess cult of class pass. We haven't looked into that one, but it allows you It is you also to, a cult. Yeah, I'm sure it yeah. is. But it allows you to like dip your toe. They, did just, they did just add Soul Cycle this year. Mm, there we go. For- oh my God. Actually, uh, a cult followed Peloton instructor listened to our episode. <gasps> Wait, she DM'd me. Was she- it the Latina one? No. Oh, but that's amazing. No, I post. I posted a reels about it. Hannah Frankson is, I think, her name. She's oh, British. The one from the UK. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, "They did us. We're a live your life." Oh my god. Yeah. But a- another instructor from New York DM'd me and was like, "I heard you on the podcast. Come to a class in studio whenever you want." And then I gave her my dates. She was like, "Well, those dates aren't available." <laughs> <laughs> so not whenever, not I, whenever, want. whenever I want. Yeah. Well, it is funny because like. We interpret cult so loosely and we have like our cult categories, live your life, watch your back and get the fuck out. And it's funny how the brands that we cover on our show approach our interpretation of the word cult because Peloton, they're obviously either like they obviously really get it or they're trying to get in front of it. Mm. And then there are some brands who are offended. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll probably encounter some of those today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, let's dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I went to my own family and I was like, okay, you guys, we have a cult episode coming up. And we have had a lot of Two Hot Takes listeners that have been a part of like actual cults. Mm -hmm. But I just want to like have you guys define what you feel a cult is. I think I will t- let Amanda take that one. <laughs> well, the the tricky part is that there is no hard and fast definition of the okay. word cult. I, I was hoping when I set out to write and talk about the subject matter that my personal understanding of the word become, would become clearer and more specific. But the opposite happened. There are people who've tried to come up with like official criteria of like, this is what a cult is. There's a charismatic leader and us versus them mentality, supernatural beliefs and ends justify the means philosophy. But tr- the trouble- Exit costs. Exit costs. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Okay, okay. okay, sophomore. Ah. I'm Go chugging off. beers in my dorm room. 
yeah, no, you get it. But then there, the trouble is that there are so many groups that have been or could be called cults, these like fringe fanatical groups that won't check off every box. And yet there are mainstream institutions from government bodies to Silicon Valley corporations that really, really will check off every box. So it's a sort of thing where the word cult is not enough to illuminate if a group is dangerous or not. And that's why we have our cult categories. I love yeah. that. Which can you say them one more time? Because I, I heard them and I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah, so we categorize every cult that we cover and it's a live your life, which is like a green flag, watch your back, like yellow, literally watch your back or get the fuck out level cult, which is it's like red flag, red flag, you're in a cult, get the fuck out. Okay. Yeah, those are solid. Yeah. I hope that's on merch. <laughs> uh, we don't have merch Listen, and we need to make some. We re- everybody, they're begging. I know it's I know. Just silly. It's silly. We just like need help. <laughs> <laughs> we need help. You probably, I mean, you do this podcast on your own. Yeah, it's a one one girl show over here. So you probably know it's a lot of work. It is. Merch <laughs> merch is a tough one too. We we the two hot takes people, we we've had a, a tough go with merch, I can tell you that much. So we'll chat after. I know we'll yeah. chat after, but we have so many little taglines that we want to put on sweatshirts. Like Issa, whenever she wants to make a sort of contrary point, she says devil's avocado. That's yeah. gotta go on a shirt. Listeners mm-hmm. have drawn the devil's avocado for us. It's cute. It's like a little avocado with devil ears. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Do you butcher sayings like I do? I yes. butcher oh, yeah. everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But mm-hmm. in the most charming of ways. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you go on with this. Okay. Dive right in. Let's get into it. So the first sub we are pulling a story from today is R slash cults. Already promising. But, you know? yeah. but it's a place for discussion about cults and other new age religious movements. So this post is from 17 days ago, only 85 upvotes, which is like such a contrast compared to the Am I the Asshole we usually read. Mm. So it's titled, Am I in a cult slash high control group? I would like your perspective. Am I in a cult? I'm going to list a few laws of the group I'm in, and I'd like feedback on if it sounds cultish, high control or not. One, no sex before marriage. I think this is a pretty normal for most religions. But if it's found out that you've broken this rule and you confess, you will be put out for a certain amount of time and you aren't allowed to speak to anyone in, quote, good standing. (laughs) (laughs) Silencing rules, classical red flag. (laughs) I'm already trying to figure out like what group this is too. We have more. Maybe we'll we'll find out. Number two, not allowed to get a nose slash face piercing. If I do, I will be shamed and asked to take it out. Number three, I'm not supposed to paint my nails any color that isn't natural. So I have to do like soft pinks or nude colors. Someone was given gloves to wear on a Sunday because their nails were an inappropriate color. It's also recommended that you not dye your hair on natural colors. Number four, no drinking or drugs of any kind, even weed. And if it's found out and you confess to either of these things, you can be put out for a certain amount of time. Number five, You are supposed to report in every week to let them know if you will or will not be in attendance to meetings. If you will not be in attendance, you're supposed to give a reason why. There are many more things, but based on these things, does it sound like a cult? That's my question. They say that these limitations are to help you basically stay away from sin or stay safe in the world. But as I get older, they feel suppressive. Mm. It sounds like a cult. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know what's wild is that, well, first of all, well done finding the right Reddit thread for <laughs> yeah, us. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, gorgeous. But I, I will say <laughs> there are some of those rules that remind me of rules that existed at the 
somewhat cult-like media startup where I used to work, like not dyeing your hair on natural colors because you'll misrepresent the brand, only having your nails painted like chic natural colors. Like we can Did your boss also check if you were a virgin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but only on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get in there. There was no follow-up. But like, I mean, I, I'm really trying to guess what group it is. I, I would guess that it's a sort of like Christian youth groupy self-help like volunteer or like youth group Mormon group maybe maybe like what does put because like the the thing that caught me was put out out. like are they are they living in the institution and then they like get kicked out it sounds outpatient to me oh yeah like what if it's like a shelter like a religious shelter Hmm. so it's like they have to follow the rules or else they get like put out oh or maybe it's a recovery group because like recovery spaces with religious yeah like a a religiously undertoned maybe like rehabilitation type group because the recovery space is like prime territory for cults to emerge and and marries well with Mm -hmm. like religious dogma yeah we did an episode on the cult of um 12-step programs yeah oh i could see that and it is the language around that is really interesting too, just from friends that have become sober and like have used the 12 step program. They're like, yeah. I had to transition because that in itself was almost triggering that the language they use. But Dude, my, like my, my whole, the whole idea for my book was because my, one of my best friends started going to AA and started speaking in this register that oh felt like full of c- cliches. And it was obviously building solidarity for her and helping her stay sober, but it yeah. sounded undeniably cult like. It's so wild. And it it really can be. I mean, there's so many things, even like reading this and like the don't paint your nails, don't dye your hair on natural colors. I'm like, is this this a sorority? Like I'm almost like, and even when I was (gasps) a flight attendant, like when I was a flight attendant, they were so particular. You cannot have on natural colors. You can't dye your hair. Yeah. Your uniform like needs to keep fitting. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can buy another one, but it's going to cost you the money. Mm -hmm. Like that is so culty. It's just like these little like tangents or we all have these cult like things in our life just on a daily basis that we don't even realize where it's like, yeah, totally. And the crazy thing is, is like, it's how those rules are implemented. I feel like, like that's the most important part because like, I feel like a lot of institutions have rules because they just don't want like chaos, Yeah, but it's like, how far are they willing to go when someone doesn't follow the rule? And it's Mm -hmm. like to be completely put out. It sounds like in this group, and that's psychological such, abuse. Absolutely. Yeah. And the euphemistic undertone to like put out, like it's hard to know what exactly that means from this description. It feels like the person writing it was almost like it, they were vague on purpose. Yeah. Well, I'm going through their comments too, and they respond to people a lot mm. throughout the comments. So there's a lot of, you know, people asking, what are you in? Are you open to sharing? There's other people that are, you know, more direct and they go, yes, the Watchtower is a cult. And OP replies and says, I'm not a JW, but it's definitely similar. Okay. There's, Jehovah's Witness for those mm-hmm. unfamiliar. Yeah, there's I another one. <laughs> there you go. Um, there's other people that are like, there is a bit of a social movement starting among evangelicals who have left the more extreme churches. They're calling it deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And OP goes, yes, I'm not Christian, but I had listened to some deconstruction stories and it always resonates. Okay. So not so, under the Christian umbrella. 
Yeah. So it might, maybe it's, maybe it's new age Mm -hmm. because like there is a pipeline from ex evangelicals, ex Protestants to people who get really involved with new age communities because a lot of the underlying ideology is the same. Like they're the same sort of like good versus evil binaries, like a a rapture or like a second coming is very similar to the idea of like a paradigm shift or a great awakening Mm -hmm. or like maybe Yeah, maybe it's like a sort of life coachy pseudo mental health space with like some evangelical inspiration behind it. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I could see that. There's a bunch of really great questions, too, that are like, do people get shunned by family and friends if they chose to leave? Is there a leader who operates with impunity? Are members allowed to question authority? Does the group claim to know and understand the one and only truth of all things? Are members discouraged from reading, watching, listening to materials that are not approved by leadership? Are members blamed for their problems and emotions, such as being told they don't have enough faith or their heart isn't right, instead of being listened to and understood? Those are great questions. (laughs) And OP goes, all of the things you listed above apply to my group. Yeah. Well, yeah. OP, you got to get the fuck out. <laughs> this is red for sure. Yeah, this, this is, is yeah. red flag. This is red flag. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting that they recognize that their group is checking off every single box. Yeah. But they still crave the label of cult to signify like for sure I need to GTFO, which is so funny how we like crave that type of labeling even though the labeling is arbitrary it's like are you being abused or not it also is funny something we talk about a lot on the podcast is how like not all cults are bad like some that's why we give the label of live your life to some cults because like people seek community and like that's how you feel at home and safe in certain spaces and so it sounds like maybe this person is like reconciling with like the fact that they like are in this community and maybe they get that community comfort aspect out of it but they're like oh no like there are some bad parts of it well and it's also too it's like if this is your norm and you grew up in this which I think there is another comment here that someone was like how did you get involved in this and they do say that they were raised in it oh interesting and so if that's your norm like this is something that I was like asking myself to get ready for this episode but I'm like how do you know if this is your norm and that's all you've ever known? And even with abusive relationships, it takes people so many attempts to finally leave. Absolutely. And even labeling it as an abusive relationship sometimes like doesn't help. And so people, it's kind of the same with cults, even though they know it's a cult, they're like, well, it's comfortable. It's safe. It's all I've ever known. So it's like, ah, how do you like get people out even when they have finally realized? Yeah, because I I feel like labels sometimes like make it easier to ignore. It's kind of like when like, you know, like you put like a limit on your Instagram Mm -hmm. and then it's like, remind me in 15 minutes, like you remove the limit on Instagram. And it's like, sometimes you can just pick like, don't remind me for the rest of the day. (laughs) I feel like once you know that you're like, oh, sure, like it's a cult or it's a toxic relationship, then you just kind of like forget about it even more. Or you self-justify. Like there's so much at play. We talk about some cost fallacy on our show all the time. Like, yeah. And it's and it's important to ask ourselves every day. I mean, maybe we're not a part of like a sort of fringy group like this, but like we're all born into institutions that are cult-like and feel completely normal to us. Like the first one that comes to mind is like we did an episode on the cult of weddings and oh my god culture okay thank you because I literally have a story today and I was like the more I think about cult I'm like wedding culture is a cult it is is. 
And like the way that like everyone, every bride wears the same color dress and like everyone stands on different sides of the aisle and like you walk like your daughter down the aisle and hand her over. That is so culty. The gender conformity and, and like the moment you get engaged, there's so much pressure to drop your former identity and just get on this conveyor belt and conform, conform, conform. It's like, you think I'm so radical. I'm going to completely personalize the experience. But then there is so much cultural pressure just to like do what's always been done. And it's a permission structure to like manipulate all your friends and family because you as a bride are like, you know, pressured to fulfill a cult leader role in a sense. But you're in it. You're also yourself. It's a mind fuck. Well, and it's like, it's my day. I'm getting married. And we always say it's it's about, it's their day. Let them do what they want. It's yeah, their yeah, day. Yeah. So it's so interesting. But well, okay, I'm going to save that. I'm just like, here we go. ADHD yeah, Morgan just yeah. everywhere today. But yeah, I think this this OP ne- definitely needs to run. I'm going to I'm going to send them the link after the episode <laughs> comes out. But yeah, it sounds like they're getting a lot of support in the comments. And um, someone mentions the bite model. Yeah, I was going to mention that, too. So that is a sort of rubric for diagnosing if you're in a cult-like organization or not. That was created by a psychologist named Stephen Hassan. And he's just like he's one of these sort of like Ph.D. psychologist cult experts. Um, He was a Mooney. He was in the Unification Church and then he got out. But what, what is funny, though, is that these sort of like cult recovery space can get kind of cult-like too because everybody has their ideology of like this is how you recover from a cult well we always like see the same pattern which is that like if someone leaves a cult they usually join another cult without even knowing it because like what they're really seeking as like we said is like community but it's like they're drawn to the same energy always okay so now i'm questioning what cult justin switched to when the hillsong departed yeah dude there's so many celebrities involved in hillsong it's oh oh, i know it's insane so i'm like even chris pratt like the big hillsong boy i was never a part of hillsong yeah yeah it's it's crazy to me well when you leave a group like that or when a group like that disbands you're craving for like belonging and ritual and identity like that doesn't go away so it's like where are you supposed to find that and it it takes some like creativity and self you know critical thinking and analysis to be able to be like okay I need to get I need to fill this part of the void here and this part of the void in this other group so that I don't get too involved in a dogma but it also feels really good to immerse yourself in just one group and one (laughs) ideology yeah yeah. I mean I feel that I'm stuck in the the reddit Whirlpool. So. I know, and we want to have you on our podcast to talk about the cult, the cult of Reddit. Reddit. Oh God, you guys, it's it's going to be a good one. Because wait, really quickly, like OP is that original what? poster? Oh, okay, cult See, language. language. Cult language. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I was I'm, like, I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, and there's a whole system of like you have this very public downvoting and upvoting. It's a whole system of like you need to conform to what the top vote is almost saying. So I'm like, just, we're gonna, yeah. we'll get into it. We'll get, we'll get into we, it. We had, a sub, we had a Reddit thread about our podcast. We sure did. <laughs> I'm, I have nah. my own that I yeah. started and I'm like, sometimes I regret it because I don't need the hate comments on my own sub. Oh yeah. Dude, I mean, just, it's the cult of Reddit and we will talk about it, but all these social media cults are just like so disembodied and I feel like they really bring out the like lack of empathy in people. Yeah, but they also bring community. Yeah, so then do. it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, they sure a do. A hobby, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of good to be said for them, but I can't yeah. wait to actually like really get into it. It'll be it'll be a good episode. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. 
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So this next one I have for us, um, it's from Emma the Asshole, actually. But flew super under the radar. It was posted 13 days ago, but only has 33 upvotes and like 28 comments. So in terms of what I normally read, like that's nothing. Do they have downvotes too? They don't show the downvotes. The downvotes essentially just takes away from that top number. So say like- Because mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's like maybe it only has 33 upvotes, but that's because someone's trying to bury it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, you know, it got sent to someone's, yeah, group yeah. and they could come out. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. so easily see how if I was in a certain unwell mental headspace, I would get. You, so I know you've already done that. I've I know, already I done know it. what you've no, done. I know. About. I'm not going to mention. No, don't mention. I, but I, you know, I have. No, I have. Amanda's like sending. <laughs> I know because like it is so. It is just like it is so hard to have people say things about you on the internet. Yeah, but let's anyway. get into this. <laughs> we, yeah, we've we've all had to grow tougher skins. At least me, myself, and I. Have. Yeah. So this one is titled "Would I Be the Asshole If I Told My Friend's Daughter That Her Mom Led a Cult." <gasps> One of my male closest friends, female, Beth, died 20 plus years ago due to illness. We met through work and I became extremely close to both her and her husband, Ted, much younger, closer to my age. I was one of a group of friends that formed a close-knit group of men devoted to Beth. She had very strict rules about what was or wasn't acceptable behavior in order to be in her inner circle and Ted often referred to her as a priestess. FYI, it was a gradual progression, which made it seem normal. I didn't fully realize it at the time, but I think I had suspicions that it was a cult, which I now know it was. Beth had a daughter, Meg, 20, from a previous marriage, who did not live at home and was not privy to the nature of the relationships we had with her mother, which were intimate and sexual. All Meg saw was the adoration and attention we gave her mom, especially Ted, who doted on her. Her bio dad was in the picture, but he was pretty clueless as to what was going on. I maintained a friendship with Meg after Beth's passing, but everyone else in the group went no contact with her, as well as each other, including Ted, and she still has no idea why. Meg is now in her 40s, very, very single, She has told me that she would like a relationship like the one her mom and Ted had, but I also know that Meg has absolutely no idea what was going on. Part of me feels guilty for not saying anything so that she can try to get a healthy perspective on relationships and understand why everyone went no contact with her. I am concerned that by doing that, it will taint the memory she has of her mother. They were close. I also know that Beth did not want her to know, so I would feel guilty about betraying her. This has been haunting me for a very long time. Or after all these years, should I just let sleeping dogs lie? So Beth passed away and he wants to know whether he should tell her daughter. Meg. Meg. Whoa. Oh my God. Pop off female cult leader. Yeah. Priestess. You don't don't see it every day. It's giving priestess. (laughs) I, I think my personal, I mean, 
this is not the answer to the question, is this a cult or not? But my answer to the question the OP was posting (laughs) is that I think he should tell her because the mom has already passed. So like it can only taint her opinion of her so much, but I think more so like her relationships with people who like left her life and like stopped talking to her. That's like super hurtful. And I would want to know why someone did that. Yeah, Mm. I agree. I also think like it can be sometimes people will ask me, ask us, like, how do I talk to a loved one who's involved with or connected to a group that I think is a cult? And one approach is to actually avoid using the word cult because that can really shut people down or make people get defensive. And so I'm sure there's a way to talk about those sketchy power dynamics that she created without placing too many charged labels on it I actually really like that because I I think people would immediately get defensive and be like my mom wasn't a cult leader yeah what are you talking about yeah but rather describing the situation of like yeah she had you know six guys doting on just her there was kind of this power imbalance power dynamic that you know your mom had with all of us yeah I think after she passed people just didn't know what to do based Mm -hmm. on that trauma they endured and so cutting you off was the next step for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something my therapist always says is just express how you feel. So the guy could just express how it made him feel. Yeah. And then she can like empathize and understand that that would naturally make sense for them to like remove themselves from that situation. (laughs) Yeah. Your therapist is good. She's a queen for sure. (laughs) What's her name again? Oh, April. Yeah, April, April. I, I remember that. She's I on lo- maternity leave, though, so I'm a toxic. <laughs> I'm so toxic right Mommy, now. Mommy, come back. <laughs> it's her, it's I'm just going to say, I need a, I'm looking for a new one. I need one in person. I love the online ones, but I need another excuse to get out of my house yeah. where I'm like, yeah. I can actually go somewhere and like maybe be a functioning human again. You should bring your chair and your blanket and you can feel cozy. Dude, This there's an imprint <laughs> of this chair on my ass already. Like, <laughs> she'll know. She'll know. Yeah. Oh my God, but what I was going to say about April is that advice like express how you feel as opposed to like passing judgment or like or how other or don't say like you made me feel like it's like you just feel that way like no one makes you feel anything yeah exactly or saying like how something is as if it's a fact that's also a really good advice for how to talk about cults on a podcast yeah (laughs) this is just how we feel yeah oh yes since we talk about like actual people and brands and stuff like we did an episode on the cult of taylor swift we have to be so specific with our language because like we can like get in trouble you know oh yeah i mean defamation and lawsuits is a big thing and i love um you mentioned taylor swift in the peloton episode i think and mm-hmm. you were like she starts every interview with to me personally i believe <laughs> yeah and i was like i was like that's us on this show like i think you know People listen mm-hmm. to content or watch content through their own triggers. Yeah. And so it's really easy to like have people be like, well, no, that's not the case for everyone. And it's like, no, no, no. Like anything I say on this show is just my opinion. Like literally, it can be, you know, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today and now I hate kids. Or yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. You, I go to Starbucks and I now hate Starbucks today. Like it's yeah. just, I'm, I'm always changing. Like you're a human being. Like you have opinions and you're allowed to change them. Yeah. Well, even like looking back at earlier episodes, like I think one of the cooler comments to get is like seeing how much you guys have grown since the beginning. And it's like, I can't even watch or listen to the early episodes because I'm so scared. Like, where oh, I'm like, yeah, I can't either. I also like do stand up comedy. So like I yeah. already listened to my voice enough and then we have to edit our episodes and I'm like, yep. 
I can't hear it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough because like, I don't know, it really hurts a podcast when you control what you're saying too tightly. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a habit that I get into because like I I write print like prose that ends up in a book and you can't change it and so like you have to be careful obviously in that medium but in this medium especially when we have opinion disclaimers and like we are just voicing our hot takes yeah you know there has to be room to to change your mind later oh and Mm -hmm. like your opinion is going to change like I might have had the same story a year ago but like I have new information now I've grown a little bit my opinion might be totally different yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like that is growth. That's authenticity. Yeah. Like who is completely stagnated their entire life in one viewpoint? No. Literally. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> babes. <laughs> so the top comment on this one is this is above Reddit's pay grade. Woo. Ooh. And I, you know, I would agree with that where it's like um, someone goes down like a couple lines further and they're like, seriously, though, dude, go talk to a therapist, not Meg, which like I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I think it is within their right to talk to Meg. And I honestly think it might help Meg going forward too, where it's kind of a red flag to me that Meg is like, well, I want what my mom and Ted had. Not knowing what her mom and Ted had was super unhealthy. So if you could maybe save Meg some of that, you know, pain and unhealthy relationship, like Meg is 40 and still very, very single. Like I also was going to ask, what does that mean? Very, very single. (laughs) I don't know. It's like I saw a TikTok once that was like being single is like, okay, like you're single and you like have crushes on people. Being very, very single is like you don't even have a singular crush on anyone. Yeah. Or anything. It does have some implication there, I would say. Like, Do you think it's because she's 40? I feel like it sounds kind of ageist a little bit to be Mm -hmm. like, she's very, very single. If she was just single in like 26, it would be like, she's She's single. single. I know. It's giving like spinster. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. no, a spinster was just a woman who could spin her own yarn and she didn't need a man because she could sell her wares by herself. Yeah, Yeah. I could see that. But um, I definitely think talking to Meg is okay if approached in the right way kind of like what we said talking about his feelings more so and then like recommending like hey I know this is tough news like maybe you should start talking to a therapist as well yeah Mm -hmm. for sure our our OP definitely needs to pursue some therapy yeah I think everyone should be in therapy everyone but then also like they had a relationship you know like they were Mm -hmm. like I guess he was kind of like a father-like figure in a way so it's like he doesn't have to like ignore her for the rest of life and then just deal with his feelings he probably is dealing with his feelings which is what sought him out to ask these questions on reddit yeah this is more about like him trying to figure out how to like have a relationship with her and he feels bad yeah for her too and it's not like he him talking to her prevents her from also seeking more formal help from a zero sum it's not zero sum i also love this story because i think the average stereotype of a cult is a sort of like jonestown or heaven's gate situation where it's this like formalized institution and it happened long ago and it was like explicitly religious or spiritual and this is just like a literal like small micro community yeah. that existed in recent history like that can be a cult too you can have a cult of one like we were talking yeah, about toxic I, relationships i feel like mm-hmm. the only cults that have documentaries are like low-key successful cults because well, they're like, big not everyone becomes yeah. an influencer cult you know <laughs> yeah, some no. people just have small personal instagram accounts <laughs> yeah. and they're still culty oh, no but like honestly definitely. like in high school like a a, po- a popular you know click that can be extremely cult like yeah oh yeah 
Yeah, I'm sure we've all experienced a, a good mean girl <laughs> click here and there. Oh, yeah. Um, someone does make a good point, though, in the comments. They go, if anyone should tell her, it should be Ted, which was technically um, Beth, the mom's partner, like husband. Oh, wait. I thought that was the guy who wrote the post. No, he was just like another one of the... I want to oh. say like I almost said like groupie, but like I don't. Yeah. What do you call like vi- like cult victims? Members, yeah. members, yeah, yeah. So I guess I kind of agree with that comment because if like the other guy was more of a father figure, mm-hmm. like more of a legitimate partner, yeah, that makes sense. But aren't they not all talking to each other too? They all went no contact. I think the first step maybe would be for who's the guy who posted it again? What's his no name? name just o- op op to contact Ted, Ted, them get like coffee, chit chat, talk about what they went through maybe, process a little, and then be like together, be like, hey, what should we do? Should we go to- um, Yeah. (laughs) Wait, Beth is the mom. What's the daughter's name? Meg. Meg. Go to Meg. Every every time you say, I think you should talk to Ted, my cat's name is Ted. So I'm just like, just talk to, just talk to Ted. Ted will figure, Ted will fix it. I have a little Yorkie (laughs) in Minnesota named Ted too. So like, it's it's a quality name. There's only a couple other comments, basically people just being like, you're describing someone emotionally manipulative and abusive. You're also saying Meg was close to her. It's very unlikely that Meg never experienced that manipulation, particularly as a teenager establishing her own identity. If they were actually close, someone with best behavior pattern wouldn't have been able to tolerate Meg expressing her independence and challenging Beth's rules or outlook. And OP responds and goes, I tend to lean towards Meg not having experienced the manipulation. That was something I think Beth reserved for getting what she wanted from men. Mm. Having said that, it was not uncommon for Beth to receive very lavish or exotic gifts in addition to all the attention. What if she was just like a stripper who was like leading a bunch of guys on and this guy's like taking it like so personally. Yeah, what if this was just her hustle? <laughs> yeah. Honestly. What if she was just like a like they were all her like sugar daddies and yeah. like they all thought they had like a better relationship with her than they did? <laughs> I honestly could see that where it's like she was just a woman after the bag. Yeah. Like, I know. Like now that I'm like putting it in perspective and I'm like this post, oops, this OP, OGOP was written by a man then I'm like, mm, don't believe men. <laughs> I know. But then I get in my head and I'm I'm like, I have, we've done this thing on the podcast where like we've switched gender roles or removed genders from the stories yeah. to see how it influences our take on the stories. And then I'm like, if this was, if Beth was actually a Ben, even, even put him in a younger guy and had a bunch of a flock of older women, we'd be like, go off. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Now you're yeah. just a fuck boy. Or, but switch it. And if it's an older man, you know, a 50 year old, younger with women, a flock of 20 year old women, that just sounds like Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Which is a cult. Is also, yeah. Yeah. And really gross. So it's hard. It's, you know, it doesn't make me feel as bad because it sounds like they were also like consenting, consenting adults yeah. it wasn't like beth groomed them so because they were older than her yeah they were co-workers they were both kind of established maybe there was a power dynamic there in the office where beth was in a higher position which could be like- a little bad but it does sound like they were at least on somewhat more even playing fields than a 50 year old man and a 18 year old girl yeah definitely and it also feels like i i kind of need to know like more rules about it because like right now it just feels like kind of just like low-key like open toxic relationship vibes yeah maybe just like what's the opposite of monogamy 
Polyamory? Yes. Polyamory. It sounds like polyamory. I know. And then there's polygamy. And there's yeah. polygamy. And okay, you, Mormons. You gotta, Fundamentalist Mormons. Yeah. yeah. There's all these things. So Yeah. Yeah. We need more details. And like to go back to your very first question, this is why the word cult is really not enough yeah. to articulate what's going on in any group power dynamic. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't, it wasn't really mentioned like if you tried to leave or were there punishments or things like that. So was it really just like more of this intimate, like, they were all just fucking or like what really went down here? To me, it yeah, sounds like a watcher back. The first one was a get the fuck out. This is sounding like a watcher back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watch your back, girls. Or okay. boys. Boys. Yeah. Or they. Or they. The spectrum needs to watch its back. Everybody needs to watch their back. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Never can be too careful. Um, we're getting in a Peloton. Oh. For this next one, R dash Peloton. <laughs> I know how it works now. I'm on board. Okay, yeah. Okay. What does this OP have to say? So this is coming from Am I the Asshole? Three thousand upvotes. Posted about a year ago, so a little older. But it is titled "Am I the Asshole for Disabling My Boyfriend's Access to My Peloton Account When He Wasn't Talking to Me?" No, immediately. That's the perfect thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Cut him off. Cut him off. What are you paying for the whole thing? Like what? Who's here's the question. Whose fucking Peloton is he using if it's not yours, babe? We're going to find out. Uh, I think this relationship sounds a little bit culty. If we're like stonewalling our partners, Mm. that's that's no good. Mm. Um. Yeah, but he stonewalled her first. He stole her. No, no, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I was he, like, whose side are you on? No, no, no. <laughs> like, I think I think like that. That is one of the most toxic things that you can do. I like, hate it. Silent. The manipulation of silence, I think, is a very, very underrated. I would text cult myself. Tactic. I would text it's, the person into oblivion if they just ignored me. I just like I've done that and then after like the twentieth message, you're like, really, like, really, yeah, like you don't value our relationship even at the bare minimum to just give me a response or Ugh. even like a, hey, I'm not ready to talk right now. I need a little bit more time to process yeah. things. Yeah. I'll respect your space. But when you just go like stonewalling, four yeah. horsemen, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's like, right. I can't yeah. do it. That's I right. can't do it. It's yeah. bad. Really, so really bad. OP writes, so my boyfriend has had a rough 2020 because he loves to travel and he got laid off from his job at a very big commercial airline that allowed him to travel the world for free. Learning his uncle was diagnosed with cancer in December just added insult to the injury. He went into a pretty deep depression and gained a considerable amount of weight, and I've tried to be supportive by letting him use all of my memberships for free so he can save money while he looks for a job. I have been cooking healthy meals, and I gave him access to my Peloton account so he could do his own workouts from home while I am at work. We got into a really big argument last week because I fell asleep during a movie. This is his pet peeve. And there have been times in the past where he has stormed out of my place because I have fallen asleep during movies or shows he's suggested. Poor thing is sleepy. Just a tired Dude, girl. that's like annoying that he would get mad at her for that. I know. I know. Although my, my wavering Casey does get a little bit annoyed when I fall asleep. During well, movies. it's like if you do it all the time and you like are planning on watching the movie, sure. But like, just I would never storm out. I think I would just like kind of just like stomp my feet a little wake up yeah Yeah. it's that easy yeah (laughs) when we were in therapy at one point he said when I fall asleep it makes him feel like I'm disengaged and I totally respected and promised I would inform him when I was either too tired to watch something or was getting sleepy while we were watching something (laughs) 
Last weekend, he suggested we watch a documentary. And 15 minutes into the documentary, he asked me if I was falling asleep. And I said I was getting sleepy, but I wasn't sleeping. Two minutes later, he insisted that I was sleeping. He said he could hear me breathing loudly. And when I denied it, he accused me of lying about falling asleep. What? <laughs> I can't. Wait, this relationship is I culty. Cannot. What is... That is so funny. Why didn't, could, were her eyes open? <laughs> Have you seen that meme where it's like the little, I don't know, whatever it is, like a frog or an alien and its eyes and its mouth is just like barely cracked open. And it's like, I'm still awake watching it. Like, <laughs> no, but insert meme here. Uh, I yeah. really relate to that. Um, he said the problem wasn't that I was sleeping. It was that I was lying about it. Oh, Christ. I told him I was tired and did not want to deal with his tantrums and we called it a night. How old are these people, I do wonder, because it's sounding early 20s. Yeah. When I texted him the following morning, I didn't hear back, so I started to get worried. I saw that he had accessed my Peloton account less than an hour before and figured maybe he was still upset and he just needs space. But he didn't call or text me back that day for five days <gasps> and continued to use my account oh. each of those five days. Hell no. When I still haven't heard a word from him after five days, I disabled his access to my account. Yeah, Go off. As is your right. Yeah. He accused me of being emotionally abusive when I did what? that. Projection. According to him, I should have known he is not in a good place right now and might need space. He claimed to be doing some 14-day mind-body meditation challenge that <laughs> I interfered with. I felt bad, but I told him he could have communicated that to me. Yes. But since he chose to ghost me instead, I had no way of knowing, am I the asshole? No, you're no. not. And that's the thing is like, people are going to make you feel like the asshole when you know how to set boundaries. And she set a boundary. Gently. Yeah. Gently. Which is like, if he decided to go into like some... Whether they had argued or not the night before, if he decided to go into like some mindful meditation thing where he didn't have to talk to anybody... The kind and relationship responsibility thing to do would be to communicate that to your partner and of be like, course. hey, I'm not going to talk to anyone for the next 14 days or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. And on top of it, he also just like ignored her. So like this guy, as soon as the story started with all the things that he had been through, which I guess they might not be in college. Maybe they just graduated because he was like working, right? For yeah. An airline. It yeah. sounds like maybe a flight attendant or some sort something of like yeah, something like that. Like if. It feels the, early 20s, though. Like it feels for sure. Yeah, 26. like just out of college. And he like lost his job and is going through a lot. But the way that the story started with all of these excuses already makes me feel like he's just super insecure. Spoiled. And she has to tiptoe around yeah. his insecurities. Yeah. And it's like, girly, I am so proud of you for like setting a boundary and drawing a line. And like one, you got his attention. And two, he re responded in a really toxic way. So that lets you know what kind of person you're dealing with. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I love how like this is a cult of Peloton story, but really it's a cult of toxic relationship story. And it's on the perfect subreddit because we did an episode on the cult of toxic relationships where we interviewed Dan Savage, who's a sex and relationships columnist. He's okay. amazing. He is daddy. Mm -hmm. um, and we played a game with him called culty or just an asshole where we got our listeners to write in a situation that they'd been in with a partner or that they you know knew of regarding a friend and their partner. And Dan weighed in uh, to determine whether that felt like a cult or whether it was just someone being an asshole and I feel like this story just an is asshole. just an asshole yeah yeah I would say so I mean I f I've fallen asleep a lot even like 
<laughs> you're falling asleep. Perfect. You're asleep right now. No, <laughs> I wish. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> girls, but it's my nap time. Um, but like me and Justin, my boyfriend, we love to like have some gummies and just like kind of play our little phone game and kind of like lot off, maybe have some background noise, like outer banks yeah. on. Like, yes, ma'am. And I'll fall asleep. But like, I don't get like thrashed awake or he doesn't walk out and slam the door. I get like a nice little like, okay, wake up. Let's go brush your teeth. Yeah. That's like, that is yeah. a good relationship. Like, that's, like, and even we love the Minnesota Vikings. And I, I saw this after, you know, I didn't read this one before. So it's all new to me. And, um, I thought about this like big football game, Minnesota Vikings, like playing the Buffalo Bills or something and crazy game, crazy, crazy game. And I was just so tired. And I think we had gone to a wedding the night before. So I was a little hungover, 28, you know, I'm now 29. Drinking's hard. It is. And we were watching it with his grandpa. And I remember just like falling asleep, sitting straight up on the couch. So I missed the second, third, and most of the fourth quarter. And I woke up with like three minutes left in the game and saw the best part of the game. The whole, the whole game happened That's within football. three minutes. It always happens within the last <laughs> three minutes. But like... I know there's other guys out there that are so football fanatics, NFL also a cult. Yep. And they would be like, you don't care about me enough to watch our team, like blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, he's like, did you have a nice nap? Oh. You're going to see the good part. Look at this. It's going to happen. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, that's so like, cute. I'm like, it's not that hard to be not an asshole. I know. Yeah. And you know, sleep deprivation is a classic yeah. cult tactic of manipulation. <gasps> So oh. true. I forgot. Sophomore, I'm failing. I would, I would not survive right then and there because if you mess with my sleep, I am insane. Me too. Insane. Oh, like, I literally, I was supposed to be on guesting on another podcast this morning, but I only found out after I committed that it was going to be at 8 a.m. PST. And I woke up at 6.30 a.m. this morning with crippling anxiety about like how I slept so poorly the whole night. And yeah. I emailed them and I was like, I'm sorry, I like can't. Come on, yeah. the I, I had like a migraine all night and I feel bad, but I was like, I need to prioritize my sleep. I ran seven fucking miles yesterday, which is like, look stupid. at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like telling everyone because it's my proudest accomplishment, but I she's just, training like, for the half marathon NYC. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did hear that. Yeah. Your little plug on your podcast. Yes. Yeah. But, um, pretty much I was just like sleep over everything. But yeah. now I'm so well rested for this podcast. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm not a morning person either. And like, I talk about it because I live with my dad. And so it's it's very difficult to like, he's a morning person up at 5 a.m. And I'm like, don't get me up before 10. And I wake up a lot of days to like the dishes getting like <gasps> smacked in the cupboard. <gasps> that was my old roommate. <laughs> and we don't have soft closed doors. Mm. And so it's like, if I get started my day, like with my day on a bad foot like that, it just kind of like bleeds in. And I'm really trying to have better positive coping strategies it's yeah, hard though. It's, hard. it's like literally getting woken up. On, it's like metaphorically getting woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Like it will ruin your day. And that's why like, I, I think I was telling you this the other day. I will just, or someone else, I can't remember. We're like Offensive. always talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, if I wake up like with a headache or in a bad mood, I literally just go back to sleep yeah, until yeah. I... I, I think it was yeah, you I was talking. Yeah. <laughs> until I wake back up in a good mood. <laughs> That's yeah. what my naps are for. If I'm stressed, super bitchy, just can't handle things, I'm like, okay, I, 
I'm putting myself to bed. Oh, yeah. it was after the Spotify party. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I literally was like, I, I, we were supposed to record the next morning and I was like, I cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I will like, let's just cancel because I will be in a bad mood when we record and that's no one. Postpone, postpone. Yeah. Don't worry, listeners. It was just postponed. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a somewhat positive update, but I'm going to read the top comment first, Ooh. which kind of picks off what you were saying which is not the asshole. If he needed to go silent for a period of time, it was his responsibility to communicate that. He can't just shut down and expect you to intuitively know what's going on. It's also weird to get that upset about you getting sleepy. Yeah. No. Which, that's, yeah, that's that's some unresolved anger. That comment covered it all like in a really short sentence and a half. Yeah. yeah. But it also like, the fact that you say like sleep deprivation is also a cult control tactic. Mm-hmm. It's that's what this is. It's a control tactic. Yeah, because so. it also makes me wonder like what time of the night are they watching TV? Like if it's in the evening, it's like you're gonna fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, like our circadian rhythms tell our bodies naturally that when it's dark, you fall asleep. And mm-hmm. I know that we're all under the impression that you should be able to stay up past the sundown much much later because we have ring lights and Netflix. But it's like you're. Sp- Sorry, I'm like choking because I'm passionate. (laughs) You're like watering at the mouth. I am. I'm foaming in the mouth. I really care. I mean, we don't we don't respect our sleep enough. No, no. And I like I've been having some health issues too. And I was talking to my doctor, who's like an endocrinologist, but also like more of holistic medicine now too. Mm -hmm. She's really interesting. But she was like, January and February are the hardest times for our body to lose weight. Like, mm-hmm. look at other animals. They're literally hibernating. Like, <gasps> we are not meant to go through these intense periods of, like, weight loss in January and February. And mm-hmm. she's like, but everyone tries with their New Year's resolutions. Oh, my god! And that's why a lot of people fail and give up. Because mm-hmm. your body's just, like, not meant for that. You're harvesting Dude, everything. The cult that's of New Year's so resolutions. True. This is, like, another thing that we just take as absolutely natural it's stable it's this unchanging force like of course it's the new year you start anew and it's like we made that up wait but i never even thought of it from the like winter perspective of hibernation and that is so true i i just like got hit so hard with daylight savings yesterday i like it hit me like a ton of bricks yeah like one hour fucked me up oh i went to so i'm i'm obsessed with iceland like i actually want to move there and we, after the holidays, my boyfriend and I were like, well, let's just like get a de-stress after being with our families for three weeks and, you know, traveling and just, uh, so let's go to Iceland and just like go do some like fun stuff since we loved it so much when we were just there. Yeah. I did not research at all what, what the winters were like <laughs> oh there. Oh my God. Dark. It was dark from like 4 35 mm. p.m until 11 a.m the next day sure. so you only get from 11 a.m until 4 35 of oh daylight gosh. and i was so messed up i was like i already have like seasonal depression so i'm like i don't know how people here do it yeah. and everyone there is so happy so i'm like it's i don't know they're what used it to is. it i mean like honestly like it's like people it's like almost in runs in their like family to like mm. be used to it they're trained for it yeah, but like yeah. we all travel so much and we are constantly switching time zones it's like not healthy and exhausting yeah, yeah. it's very true <laughs> Tra- going to tom- to new york tomorrow <laughs> yeah oh. we do i'm we're both flying tomorrow oh yeah goodbye <laughs> <laughs> tell us i love new york um so our our update 
He came over tonight to talk and I broke things off. <gasps> the first words out of his mouth were, quote, what do you have to say for yourself? No way. Hell no. Uh -uh. We didn't end up talking for long. I asked for my key back and I hugged him politely at the end. This was nothing like our first breakup where I was bawling my eyes out. Mm. Oh, they had already broken up once before. Yeah, information we're just learning now. Yeah. yeah. He sent his roommate over to my place immediately after we talked to return most of my belongings, which I didn't ask for. But among them, one, a sentimental portrait of us, a blender, a scrunchie, and one beat-up Nike sandal. He, <laughs> he told his roommate to relay the message that once he found the other sandal, he would send that too. That sounds strategic. Uh, yeah, no kidding. He's manipulative. Yeah. yeah. I told his roommate not to even bother. He can throw it away. Thank you, savage internet strangers, for the harsh wake-up call today. FTS, I'm done. Good what for does FTS stand for again? Um, let's all We're guess. It. Let's all guess. <laughs> fuck the shit. Fuck the shit. Yep. Nice, nice. Really? Nice. Yep. Fuck this oh, shit. Oh, fuck this shit. Yeah, I said yeah, fuck the yeah. shit. <laughs> Nice, yeah. good guess. There you go. Um, yeah, loving her boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, her whole life is now in front of her. Uh, it's important to have those experiences when you're young, I feel, and learn how to I resolve them. I feel like them I didn't like young. have them. I feel like I just like, well, I've had like some toxic relationships, I feel like, but I never, I've always had such intense boundaries. They've almost been too intense that I haven't like let myself get Where did into you learn anything. That? I know. Uh, yeah. I think I went in the opposite direction of my parents who have no boundaries. Mm. And it was like a coping strategy because they have no boundaries. And I was like, I was like, I will not have my parents' relationship. And so I went like hard in the other direction. And I was like, oh, I guess I just won't have any relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the relationship of sound. Except like for our relationship. <laughs> we always say we're like married because we have an LLC together. <laughs> you basically are. But yeah. then you yeah. also say that your longest relationship is with your mechanic. Oh, yeah. My L.A. mechanic who, like, sold me my car off Facebook Market. Okay. It was, like, a totaled car, but he fixed it. Oh, nice. I bought Savage it for, like, title. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> exactly. I bought it for five grand, and it lasted me four beautiful years. And That's actually a pretty cheap car. Yeah. The math yeah. On that. yeah. Yeah. And I'm selling it for four grand. So, like, oh, you because of inflation. You drove it for free. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You literally drove that thing for free. That's, that's Even a good Even I've met your mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of partners and having he wished good me, sorry he wished me a happy valentine's day <laughs> that's adorable yeah i got a text message from my dentist on my birthday a couple weeks ago and that's i was nice. like you remember me oh my yeah. god good for you for taking care of your teeth oh yeah no no he loves me because i've had so many <laughs> fucking cavities oh you're like paying for his vacation home <laughs> basically with i have like a crown and he fixed another crown but he's conservative he just like i love him he just fixed everyone else's fuck-ups but i have really weak teeth yeah same <laughs> they're the british in me 13 percent <laughs> rotten okay 23 and me i know Shout out. i know so what's the worst thing you've ever done to an ex after a breakup oh. have you done anything revengeful are you kidding me i, I love revenge oh I my gosh have yeah. never I think like the worst thing I've done is just like block them on Instagram, That's which is healthy. not bad at all. Uh, okay. No, I moving down the couch. No, moving down the no. couch. Oh my God. I talk Where, shit about them though. 
Yeah, that's no, fine. Isa is really good at talking shit in ways that will haunt you. I, I, that's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> and now that I have a podcast, I do it in public. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Beware. People, people need to be scared. But like also date me. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be single. too scared. Don't be too scared. I know. It's like dating Taylor Swift. It's like, you will get a song. If yeah, you but then you'll me. be proud about it. Oh, I love that interview. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, oh God, do I even want to like yes. out myself? It's just that I, so I was in a very, very cult like relationship in my late teens and early 20s with someone who was much, much older than me. He was an addict with no program, like extremely controlling and manipulative. And when I finally shot out of that relationship like a freaking cannonball, oh, and I know what you did into my freedom. Oh, I know what you did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I well, okay. So he had. Oh, this is super. I can say it if you want me to just say I mean, it. Really I quickly. was twenty five. Long. I. I. Well, I sort of. I like. He Fucked had the, his best friend. Yeah, he had a friend <laughs> that I thought I, that I had always thought was cute in a very casual way, mm-hmm. and he implanted. He knew that, and he. I guess he could just tell. I never said anything to the effect, but he could tell, and I think he felt threatened by that, or possessive or whatever and so he always implanted the idea in my mind that that guy hated me um and so that made me feel very insecure and then when I got out of that relationship and I started rebuilding my self-esteem I was like oh I can fuck redacted if I want like I don't think he hates me like he keeps watching my Instagram stories um (laughs) still watches them to this day so I uh I slid into into the dm little homie uh, hopping the a lot yeah. of girlies do it. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's not that bad of a thing to do. Yeah. Oh, Dixie, what's the worst thing Charlie, that you've they're done. out there. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm sure like some online stuff. Um, there was like a high school one where I was kind of mean to this girl because my ex was like still like, I love you, let's get back together, but then was talking to this other girl. So I am not proud of this. It's still like I think about it and it haunts me where I'm like, oh, I was a mean girl to her. Mm. But we became friends afterwards. Like I went out of my way and apologized and we we realized mm. he was the problem. Yeah. And so we became friends afterwards. But um, I had another boyfriend that I was driving like every weekend four hours from my college to see <gasps> him and like bought him a cell phone, gave him like a flat screen TV for his dorm. My family helped fix his car. He put diesel in his gas engine and my family like helped tow him and went above and beyond. Like they treated him like family. If he was, oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. dumb. (laughs) And so I was going up there one weekend and he called me like right before I was going to be there. And he's like, he's like, well, I think we need to break up. Like, I just, I know I don't deserve you, blah, blah, blah. He was cheating on me with another girl that went to his school. I was just going to say, as soon as someone says, I don't deserve you, it's like, own up to your bullshit and own up to your responsibilities. I'm sorry. I'm like hitting this because I'm getting so... Because every relationship that I've ever ended, I've had to end even though I know they wanted to end it. It's always been me being like, what is happening? Until Mm -hmm. and, And then I press until like they're like oh yeah, or I just did this or like I was talking to my ex or like, I'm yeah. not, you know, it's like fucking just speak your truth, dude. Like you're going to hurt just me either it. way. Yeah. yeah. So I went immediately after that call, like got my friend in the car and like went and picked up the TV and then threw the phone I bought at a brick wall. Good. Yeah. I'm proud Moment of you. Moment of chaos from Orgy. Yeah. Choose violence. Uh, this is coming from the r slash black hole revenge which is a subreddit for revenge taken to the utmost extreme okay (gasps) it is yeah three years ago it's giving murder 
(laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's titled, I signed my ex-boyfriend up for the Church of Scientology. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) You're a little devious down there. Was that funny? (laughs) I love that idea. They will send you mail forever. They will follow you like a fucking ghost. I think it's funny how funny you think it is. Well, you know, I just, I, lo- I love revenge and I love word jokes. That's okay. it. <laughs> it's, it's just scratching a spot in your brain. Yeah. So OP goes, I saw that this was a funny trend to sign people up for random email lists and spam them. But I decided to take it a step further because he really burnt me in the past. I went to our local church of Scientology's website and saw where you could input your personal information (laughs) to receive messages from the church. Oh my gosh. Since I had most of this information from our time being together, I filled it out under his name. I did this with a few more churches of Scientology as well. (laughs) I thought that this would only be a minor inconvenience with a few puzzling and harmless emails, but it turned out to be much worse. Recently, I saw that he posted on his Instagram that he was deleting all of his social media (gasps) due to privacy reasons. Whoa. At first, I didn't think much of it. But after a while, I started to wonder if there was any connection to what I had put in the Church of Scientology's website. Oh. So, out of curiosity, I later decided to bite the bullet and DM him on Instagram in the hopes that he hadn't deactivated his account. A few minutes later, he responded— saying he needed a break from social media. Ultimately, he told me not to worry about it and that he was going to delete his Instagram, 10K followers, later that night. I figured I was off the hook. A few weeks later, I was with a mutual friend of ours, and she updated me on his situation. Apparently, him and his family had been contacted by the Church of Scientology. Supposedly, they actually expressed interest. Oh, that's their fault. (laughs) The mutual friend said that she hadn't seen him in a while and none of his friends had heard from him in over a month. Oh, no. She said that it seemed like he was cutting off everybody. (gasps) I just received word that he's dropping out of school after the semester ends and his family is moving to live with other church members. Dude, that's the last thing. These stories are so crazy. It makes me feel like people are making them up, but like Why would they make them up? Well, Scientology is really, this is what they do. This is all that they do. They are very, very good at recruiting people. They just are. Wow. I I just got full body chills. I know I technically signed him up for this, but I had no idea it would get this bad. He honestly deserved it after everything he did. (laughs) Like still no remorse. Doubling down. I mean, they, they were the ones who like, she just signed him up. She didn't like drag him she there. opened the door to hades and he just <laughs> fell right down yeah. i oh can't exactly my. state what he did in caution this post would get removed just know it was pretty fucked up and me and a friend of mine had to see a therapist dude oh. guarantee you that the church of scientology like saw his social media presence it sounded like it was somewhat substantial and they were like oh he seems valuable and depending on his background and like the assets that his family had they were probably they probably love bomb the shit out of him i mean have you have you visited well i was just going to say back to really quickly before we continue with the church of scientology to his like relationship and the fucked up shit that he did. Yeah. If both of the girl and her friend had to go to therapy, therapy it sounds like it, assault. I literally it, was just going to say the R word. Like, yeah. Yeah. It not, sounds like some sort of sexual assault. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and and now that he's in the church, he can't get to anybody. <laughs> so, fair, fair. So it's kind of a type of prison if you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, but at the same time, it's also a type of blanket freedom because the church and not just Scientology, but like a lot of sort of fundamentalist religions and scare quotes will just like blanket forgive you. They'll 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 justify what you did and they'll they'll yeah. allow you to to live with yourself. You Especially know? I feel like more so for men. Yeah. In like yeah. the religious cult oh, very much than women. Like I For think sure. Absolutely. But it's so interesting because religion and like the religious cult, like despite women not having as much power, wouldn't exist if it weren't for the women pumping out the kids. Man. Yeah. Like yes. it is literally women actually hold so much more power in those cults than they believe. That's why led to like, believe. That's why cults like like the Mormon church literally or like fundamentalist Mormons separate their children from their mom like almost like just a couple years after they're born like what? they would take them away from their parents because they don't want them to have like that relationship with their mom once Where the, the fuck mom... do they go? Well, fundamentalist Mormons, they went to like Texas, I don't know. U- U- Utah. <laughs> yeah, they well they're based in Utah but there was like one story of a particular guy who like started like this like separate offshoot offshoot it always goes like that where they're like i am the one prophet and they just want to fuck children and it's like so disgusting i started watching one on netflix and i need to continue but actually though that is a trope in a lot of different cults where they want to separate children from their parents like this is really i buried the lead but my dad grew up in a cult that's like (laughs) sorry i like forgot to mention um sorry okay really very lead but my my dad spent his teenage years in a cult called synanon um which was this like 70s era promised socialist utopian compound that started as an alternative drug rehabilitation center and then grew conformist and violent and all these terrible things and actually the whole troubled teen industry descends from this cult anyway um oh my gosh wow yeah it's that that's a reddit rabbit hole to go down but anyway they're they're one of their tenets was like and this is based on you know recovery stuff your family enables you so even if you don't have a drug problem if you're a child you should be taken away from your parents because they they said like it's for your own good and for your own individualism that reminds me of the new like anti-trans law that's going on in uh florida they just like put a bill up for like trans children whose parents support them they might be separated from their parents and put in foster care that's that That is is culty yes yes I there are very, very, very few cases where separating kids from their family of origin and putting them in foster care is better. Correct. Yeah. Like what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. Uh, I saw a statistic that was like 50 percent of homeless people like grew up in foster care. Yeah. Well, look at how many people that are in the foster system that get abused. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what the fuck? fuck is yeah. wrong just yeah. very very broken and the system is like so racist like you taking children yeah. of color away yeah. from their family putting them with white family it's like it's yeah the whole yeah. thing is a cult it's wild with scientology i don't really know too much about it which is odd because there's like big scientology castles like all yeah. over <laughs> los angeles here yeah and we have you know mr tom cruise who is like the face of scientology of course yeah. and 
I don't really know a lot about it except for the fact it was started by one guy who was actually like a science fiction writer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. L. Ron Hubbard. E. Ron Boobied. <laughs> yes. I don't know his name, but it's L. like Ron sounds Hubbard. like the writer of Game of Thrones. Yes. Or J.R.R. Tolkien. Well, but, but that's the funny thing is that he could have just been like a yeah. s- prolific space fantasy writer. Yeah. But then he has that quote that some people might have seen where it's like, if you want to make the big bucks, start a religion. So he just basically took his like fantasy material and was like, Let's institutionalize this and make people believe it for real. Because then you're in a separate tax bracket, baby. (laughs) I am, you guys, all of these crazy mega churches, we need to start taxing the fuck out of them. Yes. I think like you should be able to tax religion. Like if, especially if the religion is going to back political candidates and if the religion is investing in the stock market versus giving back to their constituents or the welfare of people. No, yeah. they, that's not if, important. If you're acting like a business, you should get taxed like a business. Yeah, absolutely. Looks like a business, smells like a business, sounds, sounds like, like a, a business. business. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That'll be our offshoot cold. We'll just like sounds, have like a Sounds little... like a business and we just like attack every church on the planet. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> interesting with all these churches and like even celebrities where like Kris Jenner has started her own church. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing with nonprofits too is that like they'll donate to their own church and then they can write that off for their own yeah. taxes. Well, that's um I forget who was who it was recently, but Elon donated like and it went to his own charity uh-huh. which then it's essentially just still his money but yeah. he's not paying taxes on it. Yeah. yeah. And then there's so many like it's why I've said this before, but it's like, it's why the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor. It's like yep. all of these little knowledge or hacks, loopholes. Yeah. loopholes. Yes. And it's like, oh. And then even the IRS audits the poor people because they know the poor people are the easiest ones. That's Which is on. so dumb because it's like if they audited rich people, they would just like make all their money in one sitting. I know, I know. Audit <sighs> Elon Musk and like you will cover your expenses for the next 25 years. Just tax, tax the churches. Yeah. Dude, seriously. I <sighs> mean, obviously not the little ones that are like little mom and pop churches like that are actually not. Yeah. I mean, I think institutional churches, like yeah. once a church has like a blue check mark on Instagram, <laughs> it's like it's tax that shit. <laughs> if the pastor has a $5 million house with a Ferrari, Bugattis yeah. in the driveway, yeah. private jet, like and oh the my audacity God. that they have, like driving those cars around with like no remorse, it's like, where the fuck did that money come from? Obviously from like your members. But this is the thing is like, this is the cult of capitalism. It's the prosperity gospel, right? It's the idea that like monetary blessings are heavenly blessings. It's like parishioners have been conditioned to view the pastor driving around that car as like, well, God has blessed you with that car. That's like, that's a blessing from Jesus. Yeah, like instead of them like, looking like they're just being like lavish they look like they got rewarded because they were so committed to the church yeah but it's like blessed be the poor right but this is but this is like one of one of the interpretations of what a cult is is like you you claim to have a direct line to what jesus would have wanted that's Mm -hmm. the prophet status that you're claiming you know it's like some people say like a cult is a group where the leader thinks he can talk to god a religion is a group where that leader is dead it's like, you know, like, in oh, yeah, because like the because oh. a cult, the leader can change their mind like every day because they can be like, that's not what God wants. Like he just told me yesterday <laughs> <laughs> where it's like if the prophet is dead, then everything is just up to interpretation. Yeah, totally. But be, things being up to interpretation are also just kind of like bullshit. 
like the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, I know. it is America's Bible, famously. Yeah, it basically is. Yeah. Top comment on this one though says, ultimately though, it was his and his family's choice to join the cult and move in with them. It's I've true. had Jehovah Witnesses come knocking at my door trying to convert me, and I've been contacted by Jewish groups via email. But you don't see me running to join any of them. I yeah. agree. Yeah, that was voluntary. This is this is the trouble. Like she obviously like it's human that she's going to feel some sort of guilt for Mm -hmm. signing him up because it was the catalyst in a way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, no one dragged him kicking and screaming out of his house. No. And this is, it's it's tricky to hold cults accountable because a lot of people do join voluntarily, but it's like, when does that consent break down? Like, when are you, when are you entering a situation that you actually didn't sign up for it's really hard to hold cults accountable i would also say it's even less the girl who signed him up's fault because he had a sounds like he oh sorry it sounds like he had a public social media presence too so like his information was also probably like easy to access yeah it's interesting you wonder like what their motive is like for really going after him but you think like with someone with a social media presence would almost be less susceptible because it's like you have something else going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you kind of are a leader of sorts. Yeah, like you almost feel because of your following you have more status than maybe someone who doesn't. But then think about all the cults, including and especially Scientology, that are so good at recruiting celebrities. Like they for sure have other things going on. I was just going to say it about I Scientology, think, do you think? I think they just, I think Scientology is really good at targeting people's egos. And so if that guy had like a small following they probably were like we need Mm. you and then he was like oh my god you need me yeah that's the love bombing aspect right and also like with a-list celebrities in particular like that's such an isolating lifestyle like you you don't feel like you can trust anyone and here's a group offering you like protection and belonging with like-minded individuals you know that probably feels really alluring yeah so funny people who like can't trust anyone always trust the wrong people (laughs) it's so true but like think about the mega church stuff except for the kardashians those girls keep it tight (laughs) fair um cult leaders but yeah uh (laughs) it's because they have so many family members they're like they can just trust their family because they have a thousand of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But group. like, I truly think that, and we we have an episode on the cult of celebrity megachurches where we talked about this a little bit, but I think like those megachurches are appealing to celebrities as huge as Justin Bieber because like living living that existence, that far up the like societal food chain leaves you like, really hungering for something like where where, what do you do where where do you go from there and these churches are like here is the next level of meaning yeah well and he was really I think from what I know about his experience he was younger and struggling yeah and it's not just him I mean Haley Baldwin her family was a part of it yeah even you have Selena Gomez where Selena was tied to Hillsong she's still tied to it her best friend is like best Raquel yeah she's after I watched her documentary I saw Raquel is like best friends with the wife of the Hillsong guy well and it makes sense where people are you know with all this drama they're like why is Raquel still hanging out with Haley like Raquel and Selena are supposed to be best friends but she's hanging out with Haley and all of their other friends who are just normal people and it's like there's another web there that you're not seeing mm-hmm. and that Hillsong group could probably be the core reason yeah. to tie all of them together. I think that we were talking about this the other day, but I think Selena Gomez, I love her. I just don't think, 
as much as she thinks she surrounds herself with the right people, I don't think she does. Like watching her documentary, we were like, it's giving Demi Lovato. Like It was hard to watch. It, it was, was so hard to watch because even in the documentary, they try to portray this idea that she's like, gotten over it and that she's like coming out on the other side and it's like dude it sounds like you don't like being famous it sounds like it's very hard and traumatizing for yeah. you and it sounds like you need to take a step back and your best friend Raquel is telling you that it's your life's meaning that it's God's will for you like think of, that's the prosperity well, gospel oh. too like they kept talking about how like all, what is all of this for? What is all this suffering for? If not, because it's God's purpose for you to lead this life. That's what Raquel tells her while Raquel and everyone around her leeches off like her. It's so interesting. And then also builds into the fact where if there's a bunch of other celebrities, a part of one church, mm -hmm. they're also on the same level of like, we get stalked by paparazzi. We don't know who is friends with us because they actually want to be friends with us versus yep. use us. Yep. So if they can find one common outlet together that feels super safe and these churches yeah. i mean they're basically marketing companies at this point they are so good at branding themselves like the everything filters. the filters the filters but like having blue bottle coffee in the lobby and then putting on essentially like a cold play concert in the church service like they just do it up you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean that's wild that's yeah. wild I mean, I just was used to like old school, like church <laughs> tactics, which which were like, fear. we have donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when I went to church, it was because I just wanted like one chocolate donut with rainbow sprinkles, like not a cold play concert. <laughs> okay. Weddings and the cults of weddings. We kind of touched oh, yeah. on it a little bit. This one is like not as culty as I think weddings could get, but it just like really piqued my interest and I haven't actually done it on this podcast which kind of gets hard with wedding stories i'm always like did we do this one did we not do this yeah. one? Okay. yeah but i think this one's safe so this is from a year ago it is titled am i the asshole for covertly losing weight as a bridesmaid and refusing to be set up with her friend after overhearing the bride call me fat whoa oh my 30 female friend Wait, what does covertly losing weight mean secretly like on the deal uh, yeah on the deal okay yeah Sorry. You're good. <laughs> My 30 female friend Kate's 30 female wedding was last weekend. We went to grad school together, but haven't seen each other in person in about two years. Though we FaceTime and kept up enough since then enough to where she invited me to be in her wedding. However, a large part of this is that her fiance, Kyle, 30 male, has eight groomsmen and she needed enough people. Sounds like a cult already. Mm. <laughs> About six months before the wedding, the bridesmaids were all talking in a group chat on Discord. And I overheard Kate, who must have thought she was on mute or that her voice wouldn't carry, rather snidely turn to Kyle and say that I would, quote, round out the group because I would be a good, quote, counterweight to mm. her fiance's friend, Tim. Oh. The idea being that Tim and I were both obese. Oh, my God. When she moved back towards the mic and said something about not being on mute, I acted like I couldn't hear anything and said something <sighs> like, yeah, you were really far away. You sounded like you were underwater. I couldn't hear you. Ugh. I had been planning on losing weight anyways, but I lost 35 pounds of fat okay. in six months Whoa. and put on four pounds of muscle, largely out of spite. <sighs> yes, we spite love it. That is the definition of revenge body. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I've always hated pictures of myself and don't maintain social media, so it wasn't outside the norm for no one to see me. 
As soon as I knew what my plan was, I ordered a size down in my bridesmaid's dress and then had it tailored in a little more. I wore the tightest Lululemons I could find when I met everyone at the hotel the day before. And seeing the visceral shock on Kate's face was priceless. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> at, the, at the wedding, I still walked in with Tim, but he was a bit stiff and awkward around me, which I attributed to nerves or just not caring for strangers. Later, after enough alcohol had been passed around, the truth finally came out that Kate wanted to set me up with Tim, which I refused. And before she was 86, Kate said, quote, you're not supposed to be skinnier than me. You're you're upstaging me at my <gasps> own wedding. There it is. There it is. We didn't have a knockdown drag out fight and it wasn't particularly dramatic. But apparently the other bridesmaids and groomsmen got the impression that I had somehow been a bitch to Tim and that it was shitty of me to refuse a date with him. Kate and mm -hmm. I haven't spoken since the reception, during which I said congratulations and essentially ghosted after things went south. And now I'm sitting here wondering if I'm the asshole. <laughs> that is a good question, honestly, for this situation. You're definitely not the asshole for losing weight that's fucking amazing for not telling anyone you don't need to tell anyone like it's that's like life and body your, your body your choice girly but i will say and okay I, before i say this also saying no to the date you can say no to any date you want that is all you girl were you rude to him is my question because like is like you should treat everyone kindly so it's like i wonder if people's perception of her was skewed from the bride being a bridezilla yeah i think for so. sure yeah and I not also her being hate, like an asshole i really do hate this about the cult of weddings that like it brings out the worst in the women involved you know it's yeah. like there's no groomzilla terminology yeah. it's like but i i do want to point out though that like the bridesmaid did go in with like this kind of like energy of like trying to win too you know what i mean if someone yeah. called me fat yeah. when they pretended to mute their mic I would for sure try to lose weight. Oh, that's true, actually. Fuck that, bitch. Well, yeah, I 100% well, yeah. would do that. I just think it's like, it's just, it's funny that I'm even saying this because I literally like didn't go to my cousin's wedding <laughs> because <laughs> she didn't invite me to like, or she didn't invite my sister to the bride's, uh, what is it called? Bachelor the bachelorette party. party. Uh, she invited all of our female cousins, including myself, and she didn't invite my sister. Is they, your sister hotter than her? No, they're the same age and they both live in Brooklyn and they've like always had just like this beef. beef. But then now the beef is passed on to me because I stood up for her. This is what I'm just saying. Like the cult yeah. dynamics that are brought out by the wedding milieu, like but by, by all the pressure, like all the pressure for it to be like the best day of your life and it has to look perfect and you have to spend all this money. I think like it really brings out the asshole it does. in so many. Because also yeah. like it is already a favor that she was going to be a bridesmaid. Like yeah. if she was already like a last like kind of whether you're a first minute invite or a last minute invite, it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work to be a bridesmaid. And then to hear a friend say that about you behind your back yeah. is so fucked Ugh. up. It's really, really disheartening. And, and seeing her as like a piece in a puzzle. Well, and it's like, you hear that a lot where it's like, well, my boyfriend or my fiance has eight friends. So I need eight bridesmaids, but like, I'm not that close with eight girls. So they, they'll ask a coworker. Yeah. I would you tell know, my partner to like lower it. I would just be like, I have this amount. And if you want it to be equal, you have to lower it. And if not, then like we can be uneven. 
Yeah, I there's a lot of those optics that yeah. go with the weddings too. And it's like the bachelorette party now. We need to go on a trip somewhere and take pictures and everyone have coordinated swimsuits and each girl gets like a tote bag with their initials embroidered on it. Like there's so much optics. I honestly like, think it's what? getting more and more extravagant and it now extends to like gender reveal parties, oh, which are yeah. the cultiest thing I in the world. Them. Oh, the worst. I mean, for every possible reason. That reminds me of like, why don't people just have like low key like baby showers again dinner parties I was gonna say yeah. like I just feel yeah, like something there's authentic a, it's like all these random excuses to have a party it's like have a pregame have a dinner party on a random Friday night you don't need an excuse to celebrate yeah. love I, because yeah. the industry is so cult-like it has conditioned us all it's like it's it's this like snowballed beast where it's like we can't go back it just yeah. keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and that's who's, the way we see like everything as a cult we're like everything. yeah but honestly <laughs> who's is. gonna be the mark to be like it's not going to be me I mean honestly I'm going to be the martyr I like don't I I want out like I don't want to participate don't smile at me like that <laughs> I know she doesn't want out no I do I like I want to do my own fucking thing and I'm not wearing white I'm gonna wear pink like yeah, but it's like you want out still within the system. Well, I love in. a party and I love yeah. a celebration and I love the excuse to bring everyone that you know together. But I love yes. the dinner party idea. It's going to happen in my parents' backyard. Like I'm not doing this whole thing. I'm Denise doing mine at my, at my farm. Yeah. yeah. My oh, farm yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. Very low key. We'll probably pop up a tent. Like that's yeah. the way the cookie's going to crumble. Yeah. But it is interesting. I think there's so much that goes into this now and I think the capitalism is a big part mm -hmm. and everything. there's this big trend on TikTok right now where this one video went viral where they were like we didn't tell our caterer and our florist we were having a wedding we said special event yeah because we wanted to to get a cheaper cost yes. Yes. because there's such an upcharge with weddings That's right. yeah and then you have all these you know small businesses that have come out and said no we don't do that it's just that weddings typically require more and so now it's this conversation of like, huh. but do, why do they require more? I don't know. I mean, you I'm can literally yeah. talk about it yeah. behind the scenes because Issa's parents run a flower business. I yeah. I mean, my parents run a wholesale flower business, plugged Denise's wholesale fresh flowers. But okay. um, they, but it's like very, it's very low key. But I just, I don't know if I learned this from them, but I yeah. think the reason a small business would think it would require more is because of the culture around weddings. People mm. think that there are bridezillas and people think that everything needs to match. But um, if the person producing the wedding, aka if that's the bride or the bridesmaid or the best woman, whatever, I like literally don't even know. Like, maid, yeah, of honor. maid of honor. honor. <laughs> if that person's chill. If the maid of honor just like knows what they're doing and they're chill, they can just hire separate people. They all do it. And then day of, everyone shows up, everyone does their job. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what a lot of these vendors were saying too, is if like you contract me and you say it's a special event, but I show up and it's a wedding, you're getting an additional bill. But why? And that's where like this whole conversation is like starting to go down on TikTok where people mm. are like, here's what you should actually do. Huh. If you don't want to screw people, go to the, your vendor and say, hey, I'm having a special event. I want 12 big arrangements and three handheld bouquets. And if they're like, oh, is this a wedding? No, it's a special event. Get the quote. Say, okay, can I get this same quote for a wedding? These are the pieces I want. If the two vary, then you can have the conversation with the vendor and say, hey, I'm getting two different prices for the same product. Mm -hmm. Can you explain why there's an upcharge here? Mm -hmm. oh. And so people are now starting to get like a little sneakier to have mm. these conversations. But that's so 
I honestly do think that's fucked up. My parents like run with wholesale flowers mm-hmm. and that's why people go to them because they don't upcharge. It's just a, they charge the equally. Yeah, yeah. Here's the price for like a huge bouquet and then you can arrange it yourself. Yeah. And sometimes they'll do arrangements too. But it's like, it is genuinely fucked up to charge more for weddings because of the capitalism the yeah. around it. And, yeah. and then why should we as the buyer have to put in the work and the effort to call two separate times to ask for two different quotes and yeah. then have the whole discussion? That's a job. Like getting quotes and having a discussion and negotiating a bill, that's literally a job. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely is. It's a lot more work for the buyer that shouldn't have to be done where it's like, can't we just have this like transparent yeah. Free, yeah. like relationship transaction? But it's so interesting with like, all of the anti-LGBTQ plus language and like even back when like gay marriage wasn't legal, it's like from like a a financial standpoint, don't you want the gays to get married? <laughs> yeah. Like how big of an Dude. industry is the wedding industry? Like if you're fiscally conservative, you should want everybody to get fucking married. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so true. Well, there's a lot of missing logic in a lot of what the uh, anti-LGBTQ plus contingency of America thinks. Yeah, they, <laughs> well, crazy. Yeah, we'll leave it at that, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so moving along, one of the other podcasts you guys have out that I listened to that was so interesting is your mom influencer one, the mom influencer, mm-hmm. and we see it nonstop. And I think one of the most recent ones is um, like Maya Knight, who had the two little babies that everyone got so attached to, like scotch and vodka. Yeah, yeah. On TikTok, right? Yeah, Yeah. I forget forget their real names. Yeah, yeah. And she decided like recently she's not going to show their faces anymore. And people have lost their minds. Did she listen to our podcast? Oh, well, I don't know. But she, I, uh, we we didn't shout her out by name. We had one tiny little line about her. But yeah, the, the followers were like, why did you take our babies away from us? Like the parasocial nature of all of this is, is disquieting. Like people yeah. think that she stopped posting the babies because of our episode. No, <laughs> no, no, it was before. No, it was I before. Think it, I think it, yeah, no, it was before. Um, but it's just wild. And I, I love parasocial relationships. Like we're here because yeah. of it. And you're there. Like, <laughs> hello, friends. So, I mean, it, it works, but I think it's like, you shouldn't feel entitled to someone's children. Like, yeah. I'm consenting to be here with you guys. Exactly. That's yeah, what we talked yeah. about in the episode, like a lot is that like the child is not consenting to be on camera. And, it's there's a difference between like being on camera and like putting the pictures up and the videos in your house and watching them as family videos. But as soon as that child becomes an influencer or a star or famous, like that is a traumatizing life event that they did not consent to and that they can't take back. Yeah. You and literally cannot take that back. And the like regulations that apply to child actors, like who are Ugh. on the books in Hollywood, don't apply to child influencers. No. And even the child actors get screwed sure. yeah. with their fund that their parents are supposed to put a certain percentage into. Yeah. How many child actors like from the height of Disney and Nickelodeon have come out now right. that yeah. they were left with nothing. Yeah. yeah. And also it's just this thing where like even though the kid at first thinks that they're like having fun on set, when you repeat something enough, it does turn into a job. We probably know that as like creatives where like, I love recording the podcast, but like now it is my job and we have to schedule it. So it kind of feels a little bit more like a job. It doesn't matter to me because I still love it. But when a kid has to go to set every day, it turns into a job and a kid's job is school. So the fact that they also have to go to school and go to set that's like a double job and like your childhood should, uh, I just stuttered, but your childhood should literally just be to 
dilly dally. Yeah. I truly think that the children of momfluencers are in almost a more fucked up situation than like Hollywood child stars for several reasons. But like, because their mom is supposed to be their backbone. I know. Like their cult leader is their mom. <laughs> like, That's so fucked up. The hell? Like that'll really, that'll fuck with you. We, yeah. uh, we have a firsthand account. Oh, let's, oh, let's listen to it. Okay. So this one is three years old and it went a little viral. Um, especially recently with the conversation around mom influencers, but it is titled, Am I the Asshole? My mom is an influencer. I am sick of being a part of it. I had a no photos hoodie printed for me and my little sister. Holy shit. I am a teenager and my mom is kind of famous on Instagram and blogging. She had a mommy blog all when I was growing up. And of course, me and my sisters were always involved. It sucks because there's so much out there about us and it's what's going to come up when I'm looking for a job, when I'm dating, when anyone looks up my name. Yeah. I found a website that will print custom jackets, print all over the front and back and arms, and I ordered some hoodies that say a bunch of phrases all over them. No photos, no videos. I do not consent to being photographed. No means no. Respect my privacy. No cameras. No profiting off my image. Sounds like... (laughs) Kim and Kanye's daughter, Northwest. (laughs) I know. I'm really, I'm desperate to know who this is. It sounds silly, but it looks pretty sick, actually. I got one for me and one for my nine-year-old sister, who started to not always want photos. And I guess the idea is that my mom can't take good-looking pictures, even candid ones, with us in the hoodies, without them having a pretty strong message that we don't want to be in the photos. Mm. (gasps) That's amazing. Did it say how old this person is? Just I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow. I feel, I mean, Reddit, Reddit's fucking cool. And we use it in our research too. But like you, you don't often get to hear from kids like that. Yeah. You know? That is so interesting. Is there more? My mom was mad when they showed up and really mad when I'm wearing mine. Like she says she just wants pictures to remember my young years by. Bullshit. She won't <laughs> post ones without asking. But I know that's a whole mess anyways. She always says that and then negotiates me into letting her post. Like, either by saying that's how she makes income, so if I want money for something to stop arguing about pictures, or posting without asking and then saying, I thought it would be okay because your face wasn't visible, you're just in the background, etc. And I'm always like, no, you didn't think. If you thought at all, you'd remember what I had said, I want. No new pictures of me or mentions of me online. Remove all pictures that include me that you've ever posted and delete any writing that mentions me. I'm just so fed up and upset that my mom is mad at me for wearing my new hoodie every day. She's mad I won't take it off for any event and thinks it's inappropriate to wear certain things. I know it's really weird looking, but it feels like my only option. Edit to add a couple more things. She also says all the mentions of consent and no means no and this is my own body. Sorry, forgot to mention that one earlier. Imply something more inappropriate and that it is really inappropriate to wear those words out in public. We've also fought about me wearing it to family events and school events with a generally dressier dress code because it looks like a, quote, gangster hoodie. (gasps) I don't know what to say to that, but I don't agree. Am I the asshole for always wearing my no photos hoodie? No. (laughs) No. Wear that hoodie. And also the fact that the mom is... Even if the hoodie, the the no means no, was implying something else, like about assault or something like that, that is this still is okay assault. to wear. Yeah, the, that I, is still okay to wear, and for her mom to like assume or imply otherwise is also fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild too because like 
moms and kids fighting about what they're going to wear is a tale as old as time. But this is so much more loaded. And like, it is the ultimate objectification. Like the the, her, the, the child is rendered a product. Like the yeah. children are rendered a commodity. And that's just like such a disturbing product of the social media era, I think. And what has made it so culty is that it like turns human beings into products. And it made me so sad to hear that the mom would be like, okay, like I won't post this picture and then later negotiates with their own daughter and then uses like things like saying like we're paying for the house like this. It's like, so, so manipulative. You're not so supposed to like you're supposed to be paying with the house. Like you're you're the adult. That's your responsibility. You chose to have a child. Yeah. In this year of our Lord and Savior, Plan B. And <laughs> <laughs> and and you have to pay for the child until it turns 18 years old. That's not the child's responsibility to help you with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I love Every time when you use it to it pronouns. Oh, I talk about kids as it. I don't know it's gender. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. I say babies. I'm like it because they're just their little blobs. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. they're a person, but like, I don't know. Like, My pronouns yeah. are it, it's. Um, yeah. No, the momfluencer yeah. space is, it's it's funny. I think like we, I, I, feel, I feel passionate about that cult because I think it is so uncanny and it is so fascinating and it's going nowhere. But- I didn't realize how interesting it was to everyone else. That's like one of our top performing episodes already. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really crazy. And you think about how many families are out there. I think we um I had an episode for a Spotify show we did. It was called Down the Rabbit Hole. And we explored like child's privacy and like what that really looks like. And all of these Instagram kids that post pictures in bikinis and just Ugh. weird shit. And the Ace family is probably one of the worst in terms of what they'll do with their child. And they took their child, who I think was like three or four at the time, to a sex shop and picked out a dick-shaped lollipop. Oh, my God. And recorded content for YouTube with this child sucking on the dick lollipop. That sounds like (gasps) sexual abuse. That's sexual abuse, Like, like period. In what fucking world do you think this is okay how did YouTube monetize that? Because they demonetize me for saying asshole too early in a video. Oh, wow. So you're going to monetize that type of content? That's disgusting. It's just, it's wild. That's so that's the cult of capitalism right there where like rules don't apply when a corporation is like trying to make money. It's just insane. But only like if it's worth the money. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that video probably went so mega viral that they were like, we can't. Probably. I want to do a whole separate episode on like the family vlogger cult because I feel like there's the there's the momfluencer who's kind of maybe, I don't know, like a trad wife with a braid and like makes like hand woven tea towels or whatever. But the YouTube like family vlogger space where you're like like doing pranks and like the and like the whole family is like an entertainment family but they're like you wake up as a child in a house that like looks like this podcast studio and it's not your choice (laughs) I mean that's just it's weird I've rubbernecked at that cult I've 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 watched those family vlogs I'm ashamed to say because it's it's fascinating it is it's honestly it's really scary and like this is the sucker I think they broke the balls off of it but it's still very clear oh, I don't even what like, it is. Fucking look at that! Like, mm. and like, luckily these people are starting to blur the kid's face when they repost stuff. But it's like they didn't for their channel. Like, yeah, it's oh, just yeah. wow the things people will do. That is a get the fuck out. Well, also something <laughs> yeah. we talked about in our episode of Momfluencers is that like a lot of mommy blogger 
followers are like male audiences. Mm -hmm. And if like if a children's account has a high amount of male followers, it's usually like pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, haven't you seen the one TikTok mom like that's been blasted lately for like giving her little baby like female razors to play with and tampons and um, eating a banana and then oh now the baby's eating a hot dog what are they thinking and you look at the shares and the saves and it's like you know what you're creating content for yeah. and there's this yeah. other woman who I just discovered recently thanks to like a mom that like stitches mm-hmm. terrible content like this and it's this woman who's breastfeeding and there's nothing wrong with openly breastfeeding in public or anything like that like do you But she's breastfeeding for TikTok and like she'll Mm. have her boobs out and the kid who's like an older kid now, (gasps) I think like close to five, Uh will just like run up, pull her shirt down and start breastfeeding. And like she records this content and then the link on her page goes to an OnlyFans. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. No, that is a completely different thing than like nourishing your child (laughs) in the wild. Also, I'm just like picturing like a fucking... A toddler, yeah, like <laughs> running up to her fucking and pulling her shirt up. That it's is insane. so. That's so weird. I, I, I don't know, know how else to say it other than like weird and feels wrong. It's very wrong. Well, I mean, exploit. it all just co- it all just comes down to like this gig economy and capitalism and like how uh, the cults that surround just like the wild ways you can make funny, uh, make funny, make money on social media. Yeah. (laughs) It's insane. Oh, wow. Speechless. I know. This was quite, uh, quite the episode. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on and shedding all of your insight and knowledge on cults. Thanks for having us. This has been so much fun. You pulled like amazing Reddit stories. I see this is, I mean, you're, you're a Reddit genius. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, those were perfectly curated. You guys do the stress I went through. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, and well, the more you think about it, I'm like, I'm now in the belief. I'm like, everything is a cult. My podcast is a cult. Yeah. Yeah. We're a cult. But, like, but it's a live your life. Yeah. yeah you know, because we're on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there exactly. You go. Yeah. Where can people listen to your podcast? How can they find you guys? Where do they follow? Yeah. So our podcast is called Sounds Like a Cult. And our podcast Instagram is Sounds Like a Cult Pod. And Amanda, you have a book. Like oh, a yes. A full-fledged book. Uh, yeah, I have a book called Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism about the language of cults from Scientology to Soul Cycle. You can find that wherever you buy books. That's yeah. amazing. And I'm Issa Medina. And this is Amanda Montel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. There are going to be some Patreon stories about the cults and the personal write-ins we have from you guys. So be sure to head over there to check those out. Bye. Bye. Bye.